0: What I have? I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. I, I, I'm i Dan Jackson. I have a goatee. Help me. It's it's well worth looking <laughs> Dan, that
1: up. In my mind, Dan Jackson's just a Pokemon that just says Dan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson.
1: This is Chapel Bell, a podcast about football and feelings. I'm Justin.
0: I'm Nathan and i'm nara and today we're here to review uga's 24 to 14 victory over south carolina on a rainy muggy and at sometimes miserable saturday afternoon in athens georgia if you have never listened to one of our review episodes before we will be today reviewing the game from both a qualitative standpoint where we talk about our feelings and our experiences and the news and then also yara <laughs> yells about Deion sanders And from a quantitative standpoint, (laughs) where we share some game notes and pull out some of the freshest, most delectable, most well-baked stats that we could find.
2: And if you like what you hear today, you can come subscribe on Patreon for as little as $1 a month or as much as $50 a month, which is sensational. Thanks for loving us that much. And yeah, come join, come hang out with us on our um, Patreon-exclusive community of super cool people and have a good time have a fun time have a, have a good time
0: yeah absolutely
1: it's uh, a <laughs> poor uh poor yara has no voice for this no <laughs> not at all i don't has absolutely lost it somewhere downtown like one does their wallet and keys uh, hey. and yeah. hopefully we can retrace your steps and ask all the bartenders where
0: walk you walk your way your back voice. through did it did you find yeah. a voice
1: here last night by chance <laughs>
0: you're gonna have to find your voice before they add like a 20 percent gratuity to it and run it anyway so oh, oh yeah, you don't want that. We're gonna start the our voices left overnight will be charged. <laughs> oh my god. We're gonna start our qualitative preview today by talking about some news and some notes and then going around the league. So on new stove, we have a few quotes from Kirby Smart from his press conference. I pulled these via Dog Central, so thank you, Dog Central. Kirby said he was asked about how they played in the second half and you know whether or not what he thought about their play in the second half for the first half and he said I can say that we're gonna play good in the second half which to me is like (laughs) Kirby's way of saying I'm gonna light someone's ass up at halftime every day when asked about Peyton Woodring the UGA kicker who had an on and off night mostly off night on Saturday he said he's been really consistent in practice but he added that you know, he would really like to reevaluate it and that they have to be able to score points. He also said that he would prefer not to kick in those in the first place, hinting at the fact that he wants touchdowns. Duh. He also said of <laughs> the game on Saturday that I found out a lot more about my team today than I did any other day this year. I suppose referring to their resilience and coming back in the first half or the second half, but also maybe to their laziness in, of play and sloppiness of play in the first half. In terms of other general news notes, Kendall Milton left the game with an MCLius injury. That does not bode well. Milton is a very talented back who has had issues with injuries pretty much his entire career, which has prevented him from being as consistently good as he can be. Javon Bullard actually practiced on Thursday before the game and warmed up with the team and was fully dressed out, but was a game-time scratch, a game-time decision to not play. In hindsight, he was missed more than I thought he would be. Amarius Mims went out with an ankle sprain, the severity and type of which is unknown. You have to assume that it's pretty serious. It tends to be that people Amarius Mims size when they have ankle sprains, those are multi-week injuries. Xavier Trust did play well in reserve of Amarius Mims, I will say, however. So that's about it for news and notes i want to just throw some games at you that happened in the sec we'll bounce around the league tell me if any of these strike your fancy if there's anything you think about any of them first off the of U- the university of florida meth heads no that's inappropriate i don't want to make light of the drug ec- epidemic in this country the university of florida <laughs> motherfuckers 29 the university back. of tennessee assholes 16. any reaction
1: man it was a wild, wild game. Uh, <laughs> first off, it was just a mess uh, on both sides of the ball. You know, I do not think that the score dictates in any way um, how this game actually went, because it was really just a mess all day. Um, shout out to uh, to Josh Heupel for calling a timeout, though, just so both teams could get into a fight at the end of the game. Yeah, it couldn't have happened uh, to two more that was classy a good call. teams. Good yeah, job, absolutely. Bud.
0: This yeah. is where I made a meme yesterday. I say that it, anytime you say I made a meme, you sound like such an old man. But I made a little image. I made macro. a meme. I made a meme. I made a little image macro that's the guy Gather sitting round. on the bench that with the like change my mind meme that was just like Josh Heupel is mm-hmm. Dan Mullen in Bobby Hill font, and I really believe that. I think Josh <laughs> Heupel runs a pretty good offense and is a good offensive coordinator and a good offensive thinker. I'm not sure if he is the on-field coach who is going to lead you to greatness. He also kind of looks like a mix of Bobby Hill and Chumley from Pawn Stars. So, yeah. He does. That's very good. I'm pulling Chumley out of nowhere. Yeah. You know know me. Classy man. I also think that, (laughs) you know, you saw sort of the proof of concept for the Louisiana Lafayetteification of Florida from Billy Napier during this game. Uh, very much, it was appropriate that it was Graham Mertz uh, behind the center because this was sort of like Wisconsin but muggy. They ran the ball a lot. Uh, Etn is a very good back. They have a decent offensive line. They had a center return from injury against Utah. They played aggressive defense by a very well coached Kirby Smart, despite uh, disciple, by the way. And I think you know, when they can execute this game plan, they can be a really good team. But I think similar to what Wisconsin has found out in the last 30 years that you are, when you play a sort of conservative, uh, complimentary, hold the ball, run the ball kind of game plan that you are limited by your talent ceiling, which is, I think, why it was so successful against a team like UT, which has graduated a lot of people and has really moved a lot of talent through their program since last year. but had you know was less successful against utah a team that is known for its toughness and wants to play that kind of game so next up maybe the most lol of any game this weekend we had bama 17 <laughs> usf3 anybody want to dunk on nick saban or you know have oh my anyone? god
2: that dirty motherfucker
0: all that right there it is. <laughs> bitch.
2: i can't yep. wait for him to retire dunk away yara <laughs> i cannot I wait like- for that 5-7 bitch-ass motherfucker to retire to his multi-million dollar mansion on fucking lake jupiter i've been calling this shit since day one he's so retired he's so gone he's outie our boy's tired thank you
0: i love that i said does anybody want to dunk on nick saban and i just looked up into the sky and saw yara with like jet boots already mid tomahawk slam onto nick saban's little head already been dunked yeah justin any, any reaction
1: I, I was just giggling. Um, uh, you know, I sat I sat amidst a bunch of season ticket holders at the game, and uh, that have all known each other for a long time, and just giggling to ourselves as we watched the development of the the Alabama game, if you could call it development, I guess. Um, just going into halftime three three, and all of us just kind of giggling like, "Oh no, oh no, mm-hmm. they're in trouble." Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was very messy.
0: Yeah, Alabama doesn't have a good quarterback. That's it's clear. I mean, I think all three of their quarterbacks are probably good by the standards of the entirety of FBS, but they don't have an Alabama good quarterback. It is interesting to me that after the game, that Nick Saban said that Jalen Milroe played the third best of all of those quarterbacks in practice this week, which is why they didn't go to him after it flamed out so spectacularly in the first half. And it's like, man, if that yeah. dude plays the third best of all of your quarterbacks, that is rough, my dude. That is just rough. That's really rough. Yeah, this team might take two more losses this year. I mean, it's it's on the table. Next up, Mizzou, 30, Kansas State, 27. Did anybody here watch this game? Because I have one important note, which is that the thicker kicker Harrison Beavis saved the day. (laughs) If you just, uh, or Harrison Beavis, yeah, he's a big boy. We respect that. I want a big boy. Thick thighs save lives. He hit a 60, I think 61 yarder as time expired, which ties an SEC record, one of the longest kicks in the history of the conference, but also one of the longest kicks in the history of the... FBS college football level I will also say that this is one of the few kicks that is above 60 yards that has been not done and completed not at altitude it wasn't in Wyoming or Utah or Colorado even uh, it was in St. Louis and it honestly would have been or no it was, in, it was in Columbia I don't know why I thought the game was in St. Louis but anyway it honestly would have been good from 65 he just fucking flushed that thing Harrison Mevis long may he live in our hearts uh, you know that's the only thing I have um let's see that was
1: that was same for me too it was just a pretty incredible kick uh that's the that's all i saw from that game
0: yeah L- lsu might be good lsu might be the team that we have to worry about if we make it to the sec title this year uh, lsu 41 mississippi state 14 they pretty much just stuck mississippi state's head into a toilet and like swirly them mm-hmm. until they died malik neighbors Uh, LSU's all everything wide receiver had 239 yards on 13 receptions that's good that's all I have to say I well I am now I think officially more worried TM 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 about LSU as an SEC championship (laughs) rival or opponent Mm -hmm. rather yeah anything else from around the uh, non-SEC or in the SEC that anybody want to comment on
1: there's a very specific game that Yara would like to comment on, I believe.
0: Yes. So, Yara, we're going to clear, clear the runway here. We've got the prototype jet on the runway spooling up. This thing, it's a ramjet. It's not designed to be driven by a human. It goes like Mach 10. It is, it is dangerous. It can barely be controlled. It is, it is just about to put any pilot of this plane into absolute cardiac arrest. It's now time for Yara's rage against Deion Sanders' corner. Yara... Take it away. <laughs> Colorado beats Colorado State in triple overtime, and you have an axe to grind.
2: First off, I think we need to get an unofficial sponsor for my corner. I think yeah. that might be important. If you have any ideas, feel free to tell us on our little Patreon, th- our, our Discord, patreon.com forward slash Chapel Belkert. What about Northrop Grumman? <laughs> okay.
0: we, we need a sponsor. Northrop Grumman. They're like an arms manufacturer, because we need a sponsor oh, that makes like Predator drones or something for the way that you come down on this <laughs> guy. Anyway.
2: Please. Bet Dion Motherfucking Sanders. I'm in your walls. I'm in your walls. I'm in your floorboards. I'm in your fucking ceilings. Fuck that stupid stupid cocky motherfucker. His lame ass cowboy hat. And it's not even like on a level of like, oh I, I hate him because this. I hate him because that like it's to me it's more per well not personal, I don't like actually know him. But I just don't like the fact that he's so disrespectful and so cocky. Like that's such an ick. Not even like an ick in like a romantic way, but like an ick in a personal way. You know, like he just not he does not seem like a cool person. He didn't even. Oh my god, when um, when the when Dion shook hands with like Jay Norvell, the Colorado State uh, tactician or whatever, like after that whole beef thing that happened earlier uh, this week. They, I guess they were supposed to like shake hands or whatever. And St. Dion was like, oh, I'm going to remove my sunglasses in my head. Like, I'm going to do all this, which is the bar, the fucking bar. When you shake hands with somebody, I'm 21 years old and I know that. Oh my God. And he, and he did not and he didn't. Oh my God. The only, the only thing that I liked that I saw from him was when he hugged his son Shiloh after that really good touchdown or whatever. But like again, the bar. I don't like how he ranks his children. Even if that's a thing that parents do, it makes me sad because I'm the oldest of four kids. I don't want to know which. I don't know. I don't want to know which order I'm in. I'm number one, obviously. But I don't want to know that information. But like, I and then Colorado fucking rushed the field again. Against an unranked fucking Colorado State. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I hope they can find a million fucking dollars. And I hope Dan Landing beats them to a fucking crisp next week. I want them to be humbled to the floor. I want them to go home with their tails in between their fucking pants. I want every liquor store in uh, Boulder to be sold out of booze after that game because everybody in Colorado is just gonna be so sad after Dan Landing, like, eats that. I want him to chew i want him to chew colorado up and spit them out thank you
0: get (laughs) him won't be taking additional questions at this time (laughs) what are you guys respect our privacy (laughs) i mean i i mean more more or less the same yeah not nearly as angry i will say yeah i'm not i'm not angry at this i just i'm not as angry as you i do think that it's important to remember that it's i think almost certainly true that deon sanders is the most personally famous college football coach that's maybe ever college football coached like he as an entity outside of coaching football is the most famous person to coach college football so a lot of our mm-hmm. reactions to him are in- inherently rooted in celebrity culture in a way that our reactions to other coaches are not and i think that that makes him a far more divisive figure because in the same way that we care about the personal lives of celebrities and we care about the way they care themselves and what they say, we care about that for him. Now, I would say if it were any other person that that's bad and that's actually a disadvantage for him, but I think that he opens himself up to criticism because he plays the celebrity game, right? He is followed around by a documentary crew, right? His his documentary has its own TikTok account. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not Colorado <laughs> related. so. I don't have as strong feelings about him as you do, Yara, but I do think that he exposes college football to a level of celebrity toxicity that it normally doesn't have. There's a lot of toxicity in college football. It doesn't need any help, but there's something inherently Hollywood about the way that Deion Sanders acts that kind of rubs one the wrong way, at least for me. And I don't mean Hollywood in a like... I don't mean Hollywood and like, Oh, those lib cucks out in Hollywood. I mean, like literally he is part of the celebrity (laughs) industrial complex in a way that even like Kirby smart is not right. I mean, regardless of their relative success on the college football field. All right. So Yara just, Yara just dunked a lot. So let's, let's pass the ball off to Justin old, reliable just he's good for a double Old double reliable. every game yeah yeah you're like the you're like the veteran point guard who just puts up 15 and 10 every game dude just coming out here never oh, missing a nice. game you know like yara's like the young is the young hot shot rookie who needs be impulsive who fights the coach all the time and i'm like the sinner <laughs> who's kind of slow the slow sinner who just rebounds oh, yeah. that's me
1: all right so oh. talking about our our experiences I guess We're moving to that section. Yeah,
0: let's let's talk about our experiences on the day. Justin, how did your day go?
1: Yeah, it was a good day. Um, started very early, ended very late. I started the day with a Books for Keeps event where we took the bookmobile out to the five points golden pantry. And, uh, it was a bit of a book drive situation where folks could bring book drive, uh, book donations and people were getting free golden pantry biscuits and beer coupons in, ex- in exchange for those book donations. Had a great time. Was there till about noon. Uh, got to hang out with a bunch of kids, read books to kids and just kind of hawk biscuits at people as they walked by. It was a good time. Um, took the bus back, took a little break, uh, went out into the world with, um, uh, one of our resident South Carolina Gamecocks patron uh, patrons, uh, wild aloof rebel, uh, attended my first game with someone who actively roots for the other team. Um, And that was an interesting experience. I will say sitting in uh, a sea of red and black and uh, you know, everyone looking differently at her every time, you know, South Carolina did anything fun uh, or good for them, which was interesting. But I had a great time sitting in the middle of a group of season ticket holders who all have known each other for years and years and got to complain about football with a guy who knows way more about it than I do. Kept on pointing things out like different play calls and like um, like uh, just scoffing and kind of beating his own uh, like head about things. <laughs> it was very funny um, to enjoy that. but. Uh, there was another comment about we're convinced that South Carolina did as well as they did in the rain because they're simply used to playing underwater. Uh, what I'm referencing is the awful humidity in Columbia, South Carolina that I'm sure uh, one and or both of you are familiar with having had gone to Columbia, South Carolina. Um, are you all familiar with that?
0: Yes. It's like breathing through it's a wet awful, rag. It's awful time. <laughs>
1: yep. Uh, following the game, I got to use those creature coupons that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, There were two food options at Creature Comforts yesterday evening. There was Cafe Racer, which has, uh, you know, the fantastic smash burgers and fries. Um, Enjoyed those. And a little food truck called Old Dad's Wings, which uh, I I don't know is a great name, but the wings are fantastic. Like, you know, with that modifier, it leads you to wonder whether or not the dad is old or the wings are old um, because there was not to my knowledge, an apostrophe in the name originally. So hmm.
0: um, who can say? I think <laughs> food <laughs> is better. But, I think food is better yeah. from menacing sources, though. Like if it if it's a little scary yeah, to I, eat. I think that's fair. It's like eating puffer fish or something. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm old dad. These are my wings. Enjoy my life. Yeah. Uh, Watch the end of the Florida, Tennessee game there while drinking Creatures uh, Oktoberfest beer, which is fantastic. Y'all go try it while they still got it. Um, and I'll save the rest of my experience until we, we kind of talked through a couple others because um, at this, this point Yara connected with me and um, I was dragged through downtown <laughs> so we'll get to that part in a minute but y'all talk to me about your day
0: well Yara why don't you pick up where he left off and just like run us through your day so we can kind of merge these three narratives into one here
2: okay so I start from the beginning
0: yeah start from the top okay yeah. We're going to love actually Everybody
2: buckle up. Buckle up for the debrief of all debriefs. So I woke up and I immediately started partying. Um, I had my girl (laughs) breakfast, which consisted of two hash browns. And a big cup of mimosa. So I was, I was feeling. <laughs> and then I I went to the game with my roommate. Shout out my roommate. And Kaylee, my best friend. Shout out Kaylee. And we looked so good, y'all. I, I put pictures in the notes, which you can access on Patreon. God, that's three in this episode. I'm too good. <laughs> but we looked so good. And we also took like four shots before we left, which was Crazy. I'm I'm not a big day drinker person. I get really sick if I drink and I see the sun. So I closed the windows before I left and then I could take shots. Um and oh, understood, understood. I did my I did my shooter thing that I did last time, but there was a security guard right next to me, which leads me to believe that somebody fucking snitched. Ah so it's I had, had to be snitching. I had to have some decorum about me and like go to the bathroom and <laughs> take my shots. Like a like a normal it was awful. Oh. I know. And I saw Nathan. We got to party. I saw Ian and his fiance. We got to party. And I lost my voice by the first quarter and didn't regain it. Um, during halftime, I had a fat mentee bee about our performance. So I went to the bathroom and, like, <laughs> cried a little bit. And then I took some shots and I was feeling better. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm at 100% success rate for games that I go to that I show up on the jumbotron. I just have a lot of energy, and I think all the yeah. cameras know that.
1: Yeah. I tried to get my my phone out in time to, to get your picture uh, because I saw you on the jumbotron, but oh. I did not get it in time. And I was hoping it would it would come back around, but it looked like you were talking to the camera person, like "Hold on, hold on, like wait till I get up <laughs> on this bench," and then it was over.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, I didn't even see it. I was, I just party. Like me and the cameras, I feel like have such a deep spiritual connection. I always just point at them, and I'm like, "Come here, come here, come here." Don't, woof 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 woof. You know, it's fun.
1: Let me let me say that I can. I understand. I understand <laughs> their experience in how you point at them and tell them what to do, and it works.
2: Yeah, shout out to the camera people for being <laughs> my best friends. And oh gosh, where what else did I do? Oh, I started crying when we started scoring, and I was hitting the surrender cobra so many times. Like this, this little action, it was so much. It was crazy. But I went home. We took a mini break. Um, I ate a hash brown, I took more shots, and then I went out again to hang out with Justin. And, okay, this is where we start getting wild. Ready? <laughs> so, we, ha- uh, I met up with Justin at Creature, and we started walking around. And I specifically, I was so fucked up during this. But I specifically remember thinking to myself, like, damn, Justin didn't go to school here. I need to show him how to be a student here. And I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how I made that mental connection, but, like, I ended up dragging him to, like, fucking Sake Mama, and we took some sake bombs and danced, like, a shit ton, um, and I don't – was there a line? I thought there was a line, right? But we there got to – There was a line. Yeah, okay. And we got to – I don't know if there were covers involved, but if they were, they don't exist to me.
1: There were. So... <laughs> oh, were there? <laughs> but oh. Oh, I'll explain. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
2: Did we pay covers?
1: No, I no. We did uh, I was not. gonna say I didn't this, think no. we did. There okay. were covers though. That like, let me before Yara gets into the rest of their night. Let me <laughs> sort of uh, fill in the context of of this this story from my point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yara gets downtown, gets to Creature Comforts. Um, told me they were going to be a Creature Comforts of like nine. They were there. No, no joke. Nine fifty five. <laughs> Looked <laughs> me in the eye and said, "I'm so sorry. I'm working on Colored People time." <laughs> Um, I also had to tell my roommate I loved them. And I was like, I get it. That's fair. <laughs> I was like, alright, great. Yeah, absolutely. Yara told me no sh- no less than like six times, I'll be there in 15 minutes.
2: And then um, that wasn't.
1: Was never, <laughs> never was there 15 minutes after that was said. But um, I was at the point where I was like, alright, this game is almost over. This Florida, Tennessee game. I'm probably going to go home. And Yara was like, absolutely not. You're coming downtown. You're going to go out. Um, and and uh wild rebel was still there at this time too and was like i think we have to go do this because they both went to the bathroom together and when they came back becca was like i think we have to go to a bar <laughs> <I was> Like, <laughs> okay <laughs> and so yara said don't worry it's gonna be great i'm gonna take care of you and that's when you started telling me like you weren't a student here i'll i'll, I'll you know show you what downtown is like i'm like yara i've lived here for like 12 years and that never connected with you in your your head <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, that doesn't mean anything to me. That means nothing. It doesn't matter. Come on. And then like literally dragged me around downtown for a while until we got to Sake Mama. And you went up to the bouncer and you were like, hey, I think you said um, I have I literally have eight dollars to my name and I do not want to pay this cover. Can you get me in? And he looked at you and then looked at us and he said, look to the bouncer and said, these three are good. (laughs) And that was it. That's all it took. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know how you knew that, man. Um,
2: I, I just make friends with from there, people. Like, when I say everybody's yeah, my kept... bestie, I mean it. Everybody at Sake is legitimately it. so... Shout out everybody at Sake Fucking Mama in Athens, Georgia. Because that is my favorite bar. I always get it for free. I sometimes am able to cut the line. And I did have... I still have $8 to my name. Now I have less because I <laughs> spent, like, $5 plus a $2 tip at Waffle House. But we're, yeah. we're so straight. We're so chilling.
1: You... You seriously dapped up like every person that works at Sake Mama as we went down the line <laughs> and then went up to the DJ and had a whole ass conversation with the DJ about something like they didn't put a song on for you. You just went up and had like a whole conversation with this dude. Oh, and yeah, then he's you dragged friend. us upstairs and you were like, we have to have sake bombs. Have you ever had a sake bomb? And I started explaining, yes, I've had sake bombs. And you interrupted me to say, shut up. We're having sake bombs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, yeah
1: it was it was incredible from start to finish i will say so then you and i looked at the the menu and it's like 40 sake bombs uh-huh. um and they're all six dollars basically six or seven dollars and i'm like i don't want to put any of this into my body and i had no choice because i was with yara um and yara did whatever yara magic they did on the um like the bouncer to me because yara was like i don't have any money we can't buy these and i was like oh i have money and you were like oh my god i love adult money, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I bought our sake bomb. Thanks. <laughs> and then Yara proceeded to clean down the entire bar because it was all covered in booze. That's what and I, I was do. Like, you don't have to do that. That's part of this. <laughs> so that's, that's like everybody's pounding on the counter. Because those of you that don't might not know what a sake bomb is. It's where they put uh, it's like a, a, a mug and then there's booze in that. And then they put two chopsticks on top and then a shot glass with booze in that. And then you have to pound on the counter until the shot glass falls into the mug. And then you have to drink it. Um, I did finish mine before Yara, like a good Boo! eight to ten seconds. <laughs> and then I talked so much trash to you because <laughs> you had been doing the same thing all night. To me. I was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were a pro. I thought you were professional downtown. Ugh. You've been doing this forever.
2: <laughs> In my defense, I was off of like seven shots, a mimosa and a dream. That uh, was what I was op- operating
1: on. Definitely, yeah. So then following that, you cleaned the bar and you went to the bathroom. And you were in the bathroom for a while. And you came back because you brought Becca with you. And then when y'all came out, I was like, I have to go. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> I have to leave. <laughs> so done. Um, I sat at a table and talked to some guy about how bad he had to pee for a while. I was like, <laughs> yeah, there's people in there. He was like, how long are they going to be? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I can't help you. But then, then yeah, then we, we, you know, we went separate ways and uh, Yara's story continued onward.
0: All right. So, Yara, how yes. did you finish your night after Justin turned into a pumpkin?
2: So we get even crazier from here. Ready? Um,
0: <laughs> Somehow. I,
2: so I don't remember which one of these things came first. So we're just I'm just going to talk about both of them and maybe I'll remember which one came first. I'm pretty sure... I went to Waffle House first. So I decided I needed to reconnect with nature. So I went to Waffle House.
0: Right. As which one is does. home. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's
2: Waffle Home. And I got so much food for like five bucks, which was the win that I needed for the day. That was yeah. win number one. Well, win <laughs> right. number three, four. I don't know. Lots of wins taking
1: us. Through. So many wins.
2: Yeah. Um, I was by myself, so I got in really, really fast. Shout out to everybody at Waffle House, because I fucking love them. They make that place a home. And then I was walking back, and I was, like, anxious about... um, Oh, wait, I forgot about this part. Uh, Oh! Okay, so I went to the vape (laughs) store first. Okay, hold on, wait. Before any of that happened, I met these girls in in the Sake Mama bathroom after Justin left, and they were like, Oh, we're going to go to 1785 after this. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, I, internally, I was like, I don't like 1785. It's for freshmen. That's not my vibe. But then naturally I went to 1785. Um, and it was fine. I just got bored and I left. And then I went to, I got anxious. So I went to the vape store because I don't vape. I don't vape. I don't vape. I don't condone vaping. I don't think it's cool. But it, it just looked quiet, and I just needed a place to, like, decompress. So I chilled out over mm-hmm. there. I was like, hey, I'm, like, so close to having an anxiety attack. Can I just, like, chill out for five minutes? And he was like, yeah, duh. So that <laughs> happened, and I talked with, like, the manager, dude, who was actually super cool. He's my age, and we just talked so much football. And then he said, you know ball. And I was like, thank you. I do. <laughs> I run a podcast about it. And... We just hung out for a while and it was super fun. So after that, I think, I went to Waffle House and I hung out there and that was good. Um, And I did text my situationship, which was a loss, but I didn't meet up with him, which is a win. That's a huge win.
0: win is a win, baby. And then I walked home. (laughs) Yes.
2: And I walked home and I passed the fuck out. And then I woke up still drunk. That was my day.
0: Wow. Wow. I don't What a time to be
1: alive. I hope that we're I, not alive at all. Yeah, for real. Actually.
0: I hope that I can kind of just like shade in color in a little bit, do a little cross <laughs> on this story of Yara's Yara's crazy adventure here. So <laughs> I woke up at the normal time. Sam had sort of a pretty rough <laughs> week at work. So I skipped practice so I could spend some, you know, quality, emotional recuperation time with her showed up at practice at the end of it, and then I got a ride with Brett over to the sort of stadium area. We had a really good Sousa show that went well. The weather was really great. I didn't even mind the rain. About 45 minutes before kickoff, it was raining with the sun out, which was misery. It was like super muggy. Uh, And then when it started raining again, that was way better. I have to admit one sort of shameful thing that I realized coming into the game, which is that I really like South Carolina's uniforms, both band and football. I think they have nice uniforms, and I thought that South Carolina's uniforms, actually on foot- the football field, were quite nice. I was under the, I was under the stadium before the game, and I had like a Spencer Rattler encounter. Like he just walked right by, and I kind of gave him one of the one of these like, and he was like, "It was like okay, cool. We're gonna, we're both, we're in the game zone or whatever. <laughs> we're Sp- both, yeah. We're both guys. Yeah, we're both we're just guys being dudes, you know." and then spitzer rattler like day at the office confirmed good church boy he went over and like led a prayer with all the other quarterbacks uh you know so i thought that that might be relevant to your interest ciara let's see the game itself was you know the game it was both good and bad i will say it was a bummer that the richards couldn't play on the field because of field conditions which is a bummer for two reasons one they deserved to be able to play on the field but two i somehow ended up conducting them which is bad because one of the pieces is in five, four. And yes, I can conduct five, four. It's just one, two, three, one, two. But I didn't know where in the piece it switched back over to four, four, because it does for like two measures all the way through. And so, yeah, it was kind of a mess. But anyway, it went well. Okay, so my Yara experience. I'm trying to think about how to say this. I have this concern because Yara sits in the student section (laughs) with her friends who do know me. But by the time I get to Yara, Yara's already made friends with everyone around them, right? Like everyone around them is now in like Yara's clan. And then I walk up and Yara, who is pretty fucked up, gives me the hug of someone that – a hug that you might also give to someone you were having sex with. And it occurred to me (laughs) as this was happening that maybe these random girls around Yara think that I'm Yara's like creepy sugar daddy. And that was a real concern that reminded me that remained a real concern. And the thing is, it was in no way creepy from Yara, but Yara is when they have been drinking, um, you know, a very physically affectionate person which i am in no way uncomfortable with i think it's great but then as i kept on coming back over there and i kept on getting like around the neck hugs i kept on thinking like oh my god these <laughs> girls think that she's like dating a creepy old ta what is happening oh my god and i almost wanted to go over there and be like we are business partners this is platonic uh but i i didn't so i guess there's just like a pun, uh, a couple of AKOs that think that Yara has like a really interesting personal life, and <laughs> let's see. I will I will say just just to like sort of add in something to Yara to Yara's experience. I think Yara has, and, and I and again I mean this in a like completely platonic way. I think I consider Yara I consider you to be like my younger sibling or like some kind of older niece or something, but. Oh, i th- I do think that Yara has like beautiful person privilege where like Yara is just like a oh, very really? yes, I think you are just like a very attractive person who dresses well and takes care of herself, and <laughs> you don't realize that, yeah, you could just kind of go anywhere you want because you're attractive. It's like, oh, i don't oh. I wonder why all these straight men at these bars just let you in and give you free drinks, dog, it's cause you're hot oh. like. I'm sorry. I thought
2: it was because I'm nice to them.
0: That is also part of it's it. It's probably both. That it, it is both. But there oh. is a not inconsequential part of that. With, that is the fact that you are a beautiful person. And I think it's great. Oh,
2: thank you. I just,
0: I just want thank you to you so know that, that, that it's not just because you're a very nice guy. Yeah. Although I do, I do think the next time you see me in the stands that you go to a game, I would really like if you just looked around and very drunkenly and loudly said, there goes my business partner. <laughs> we are we 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 co-operate a small business support local businesses (laughs) but yeah it was it it would be important it was a good day overall i did have a really fun experience not fun it was just interesting i always take the band headsets that we use for stadium ops up to the the broadcast center or whatever which is a really cool like It looks like something out of a spy movie like all these screens and stuff it's where they they run the the internal broadcast but also the feed that goes out to espn from and when i walked in there on saturday they were like trying to pull up a highlight for like a package that was going to get sent to espn and they were like on two different phones trying to figure out like at what time stamp in the game broadcast the highlight was that they needed to pull which i thought was a little a cool behind the scenes thing Let's see, then I went home and I had my first Oktoberfest shower beer of the year. It's not September yet, but, or it's not October yet, but I feel like Oktoberfest is in our hearts. You know, it's a state of mind and Mm -hmm. it was a really important. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good transcendent experience. Honestly, shower beers are awesome. And then I will say, and I, and I want to use this sort of like to transition into our game notes. I, I want to know from a qualitative standpoint. I was never that worried. And I think it kind of... How worried you were about this game reflects what generation of Georgia fan you are. Because I was here for the 2019 loss, right? But then also, I was here for all the Spurrier losses, the Jadavion Clowney losses. And also, I saw this team lose to UCF. So I guess maybe that my... Perspective is a little skewed. I mean, we were down eleven at the half, and I thought, well, if we just finish more drives, and if we come out after halftime and score, we're gonna be fine. We're gonna win this game. We're the we're we're easily the more st- more talented team. We're just like not playing good situational football. I'm interested in hearing where y'all's thoughts were at the half. Hmm.
1: At the half, it still felt like. We were going to, it was going to be hard fought. I don't think I ever got to a point where I thought we were going to lose necessarily, but I thought, I dabbled. I'll say like I dipped a toe. <laughs> I thought it was possible. Okay. But I never got to a place of thinking it was probable.
0: hmm. Yara.
2: You guys are very mature about your thought processes on this because in the <laughs> half, I, during the halftime, uh, during halftime, I was having a mental breakdown in the bathroom and taking shots to feel better. That's where <laughs> I was. I was sad. And like We've all
1: been there, it's okay. <laughs>
2: um I know that I am inexperienced when it comes to being a Georgia fan, and I am not denying that in any capacity. Like I my the only loss that I've experienced was the twenty twenty one SEC championship game. Oh my and god. I spit yeah That's
1: a wild sentence. That's yeah. like Anna's students in second grade asking if there's ever been a white president <laughs> when
0: Barack Obama was still around.
2: Yeah, it's, it's same energy. I don't know if you remember this, Nathan, but I specifically remember just like having a mental breakdown right by my phone, and I was just sobbing, and then you were like, do I you do need a hug? And I was like, yes, I do.
0: Yeah, because I, I thought that there was something going on at home, like that there was some other problem, because I was like, Surely they are not this upset about losing a football game. But no, <laughs> it was.
2: <laughs> it was that deep. It was that deep. Um, so I was I was getting some flashbacks of how I felt that day during halftime, but then we started like obviously playing a lot better. So that helped. Yeah.
0: All right. So Let's talk about our quantitative review. We have some game notes. I have prepared a bunch of stats. I'm I I welcome both of you Lovely. to access them and use them in whatever thoughts you have. I have several thoughts and I and I don't mind starting here. I Let's see. It was obviously a disappointing showing in the first half. I think that in particular we have some weak links on the outsides of both offense and defense. I think that one thing, the first thing I want to talk about is that I think we have some pretty big pass defense liabilities in David Daniel Sisova and Dalen Everett. On the day, mm-hmm. they were not good. Dalen Everett gave up six receptions on seven targets for 62 yards and 10 yards after a catch. He had 7.3 coverage snaps per target and 8.5 coverage snaps per catch, which basically means if they went after him, they got what they wanted. Daniel David Sisyphe gave up four receptions on four targets for 80 yards and added two missed tackles in coverage situations. That is an identifiable problem. If I can figure that out with 15 minutes and an access to a PFF pro account, I think that, you know, Lane Kiffin can figure that out. So that's an issue. I think Javon Bullard coming back is going to be really, really big for this team. I understand, like I, like we said earlier, he was a game-time uh, scratch. I think him getting into the rotation is going to be way better for us, but I do still think we have to figure out the second spot after Malachi Starks. The good news is Malachi Starks is the fucking truth. Two receptions on six targets for 24 yards. Tyke Smith, The fucking truth. Four receptions on eight targets for only 21 yards. Neither of them have a missed tackle, and they both played good run support as well. Uh, Warren Brinson, I thought, in particular, had a really good game on the defensive line. He didn't have any sacks, but he had a a 74.5 rush grade from PFF. He had 89 pass rush grade in true passing sets and five hurries, and he won against 20% of his blockers in pass uh, pass rushing sets, which is very good. So that's defense. Um, on offense, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll hit a couple of things, and then I'll will end with my last point. Uh, Dejounte Edwards is very good. Uh, Kendall Milton is clearly still hampered. He got in, uh, he got injured, but even before he got injured, his yards after contact and his yards gained on average are basically the same. He had like 3.75 yards after contact and 3.65 yards gained on average, which means that he basically is getting hit as soon as he touches the ball because he's a little bit slow on his first step. Uh, that's not great. Uh, worrying going forward. Dejon Edwards looked really good. I thought, uh, I think the biggest issue that we have on the offensive uh, on the offensive side is our run blocking, and in particular, and I and I hate to call individual people out, Ernest Green, uh, on run blocking, just not good. One of the lowest-rated run blockers per PFF on the team, including wide receivers. Uh, the O line is deep. I'm worried that Stacy Searles is O line cancer. Um you know, we are a way better team run, running to the right than we are running to the left. Right. And that's not uh-huh. good. That tells you that there is a problem. So like we've run seven times outside of right end. Okay. And we average 7.1 yards for carry. We've run five times out sort of outside of left end, and we get, we've gotten four point is nothing yards per attempt. Right. Inside of our behind left tackle, we've run two times, two yards per attempt. Behind left guard, two times, three yards per attempt. Then if you go to the right tackle and right guard, we've run behind our right guard eight times for 56 yards and seven yards per attempt. We are just way worse on the left side of the line. And this is even after we lost Amarius Mims and brought in Xavier Truss. Ernest Green, I think, is a very good player, but he is lost in rushing and run blocking. That is a problem for a team that clearly wants to run the ball. And this leads me into my final point. I think that the playbook is basically the same, except for a few more screens. I think that that makes sense, given the injuries we have and where Ernest Green is in terms of run blocking. But Bobo's problem, I think, has to do with execution, which I think might be Stacey Searle's problem, but also a feel. I don't I don't know that in the first half his feel for when to call what play was very good. It just felt a little off and clunky, although some of that should have been should have been just executed better. I think his real Achilles heel is in the red zone. The closer we got to the touch to the end zone, the more conservative he got. I mean, we had eight mm-hmm. scoring opportunities and 24 points, which is three points per opportunity. That's bad. South Carolina had three points, uh, three scoring opportunities and 14 points, which is 4.67 yards per oppor- or points per opportunity, which is actually okay. We have got to do better executing in in sort of situational spots. Um, we were okay on third downs overall, but we were very bad in the red zone offensively. And this leads me to my final and perhaps most controversial take Carson Beck is good. He's not great. He's not as, okay, listen, he's not (laughs) as good as Stetson Bennett right now, but I think Mm -hmm. people are wrong about him and I think I can prove it. So let me hit you with some knowledge. It's time for a knowledge download on Carson Beck. I think we're getting thrown off by the fact that Carson Beck is a weird looking dude. All right. He was 27 (laughs) for 35 for 269 yards and he didn't have a touchdown, but his completion attempt, his completion percentage is uh, 77.1% and his adjusted completion percentage is 84.8%. It's good. That's very, very good. I'm sorry. It's just good. That is a good player playing good football. I wish that he had more touchdowns and he has some things to improve on, but we can't pretend he's bad. Look, he accounted for 14 first downs and he had a 98 NFL passer rating. A 98 NFL passer rating is above average. It's not great. I'm not saying that he's Jalen hurts. I'm not saying he's Caleb Williams, but he's not bad. And I don't think he's even the problem. We always say, or I have said before that he holds the ball too wrong, but I was wrong. His average time to throw this year is 2.2 seconds, which puts puts them in the top 43 of 200 QBs in the FBS who have thrown a pass this year. If you want to narrow it down to the Power 5, 101 quarterbacks have taken a sack this year Okay, in FBS. Of those 101, Carson Beck is the 65th in average time to throw on dropbacks. I don't think he holds the ball too long. I think he doesn't throw the ball away often (laughs) enough, which is a fixable problem. He's elite on play action. He is... Way better on, on things that aren't screens. I think we're putting him in a bad position cause he's not a really good screen thrower and he's had to throw a lot of screens because we don't like the left side of our offensive line. There is nothing about Carson Beck's profile that says that he is the problem. I wish that it was easier to make fun of him. I really do. I think it's a Bobo issue. I think it's an offensive line issue. I don't think it's a Carson Beck issue. Are there things that Carson Beck can do better? Absolutely. But if you think about the 2021, if you think about the Indianapolis National Championship year, I think Carson Beck is probably farther along right now than Stetson Bennett was two games into 2021. I just, I think he is. His average depth of target is six yards, right? He, this this is on Saturday. He, he, he continues to only have had one turnover worthy play on the year. That's good. He's only had one batted ball on the year. I mean, he's only seen, let's see, in true pass sets, he saw 40% uh, pressure on true pass sets, but he still had a very high completion rate when being pressured. He accounted for 14 first downs, he had no penalties. I don't think that he is a perfect player, and I do think he has some things to work on, but there is nothing in the numbers that says that he is the problem. And in fact if you look at mm-hmm. the peep, if you look at his like win percentage added he actually added 16 percent win percentage to uh to our win on the year or uh, on saturday he only had a 72 yep. 70 our win probability yeah our win probability he only had a 76.2 qbr uh per monitor qbr but he had a zero detmer which i think is what we don't like he is not a guy who airs it out and he's not flashy, and he's not Mm-mm. fun, and he looks kind of like a drunk gazelle out there. But he is not the problem either. <laughs> anyway, I rest my case. Somebody else give me some notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you're fine. I, I will also agree.
1: Like, I think what we all want as Georgia fans to have a QB that we can look at and go, that's our guy. We've wanted that since before Stetson. It's kind of every team's dream. Uh, it just doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often for anybody. But it is the, the dream. I think it's the one thing on our bucket list we really haven't checked off. You know, like We don't have a guy that we're like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime like talent kind of thing. We've had all the other pieces, but we haven't had that piece. And I will, you know, looking at my notes, I do have a lot of notes about the offense and kind of where to point fingers. And there's no one place to point fingers, like you're saying, unless we're pointing it at the press box and at Bobo. I do believe that a lot of our issues and a lot of our concerns that we're observing with Beck come from Bobo and staff limiting what he's allowed to do because we were sitting there I'm I'm watching like Bowers lined up in the slot a bunch over the weekend and you know he's in the slot he's also running a route that is man-on-man coverage and when you have Brock Bowers running against one person you throw the ball to Brock Bowers especially if you're, you're less than 40 yards to the end zone and I don't think that's a Beck concern I think that's a limiting what he's allowed to do concern and he's either being forced to put the ball in specific places for the sake of an overall game plan or i mean it could be if you really want to get in like if you wanted to blame beck you could say that it's it's a concern of he has lack of confidence downfield or the team you know that staff doesn't trust his arm strength i don't know what it is but i saw beck put that ball in like so many different holes um uh, yesterday that I don't think that his accuracy is the issue. I think that it's either he's being limited on purpose or um, they are concerned about his arm strength at the end of the day. And if either of those are the concern, then those things come with time, and that's okay. Like, he's going to continue learning the, the playbook, and he's going to be able to you know, call audibles and, and call changes uh, depending on what he sees in coverage as the game progresses. We're just not there yet on the second. His second start of his college season or his college career you know um and so that comes with time um we were very very spoiled with Stetson Bennett being the game manager that he is they gave him carte blanche to do whatever it is he wanted to do and he could call things and change things on the fly from start to finish um and it's going to take some time for us to adjust that but the other things that that lead me to point the finger at Bobo is that it just seems like our team has forgotten what a wheel route is and I don't think that's a problem with running routes it's that we're just not calling any wheel routes we're running laterally we're we're running short slants we're we're running hooks we're not running any wheel routes to get like length in the field and i'm like what the, what are we doing we're just kind of running side to side and like you know sort of chinking away like two or three yards at a time and it's one thing is it's boring <laughs> and the other is that um it with a with a running back stable that is as uh deep as it normally is but right now isn't like it's kind of a problem when you're just kind of making Dejon Edwards run and run and run and run and run all day long like I, I'm really thankful that he had a great game and he was able to put up with it but that won't last all season it, it can't last all season well I
0: think it's I think um, it's telling that really the offensive game plan took off as soon as we threw that deep ball across the middle to Rara Thomas right like as mm-hmm. soon as we aired it out a little bit and showed that we could they couldn't put eight guys in the box or nine guys in the box that they've been doing all game. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, you know, past that, um, I think our red zone play calling is suspect at best. Uh, And that's a concern. Um, I also think that I put in here, it's not normal for us to have to worry about making field goals, whether or not we're going to make field goals. And it did happen twice, I know, over the weekend. But then again, we wouldn't have to worry about it if we were scoring touchdowns when we entered the red zone. (laughs) Uh, And I think that does come down to play calling. Um, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, especially with the Marius Mims out for an indefinite amount of time. Um, It's going to get harder, and we're going to be calling more conservative plays, which is going to be boring and frustrating, and it's going to suck for a while um, until people get healthier. But I think I'm also concerned that our, I feel like our online blocking only came together a handful of times throughout this game uh to make holes for the running back like i think it was the very first touchdown with Dejon edwards it was the first time in the game i felt that i saw the o-line do the o-line's job where they swept one way blocked the tight end and ran Dejon edwards up the middle and he was completely unblocked like that's what we're used to and i don't think i saw that you know nearly enough times yesterday against mm-hmm. our first sec opponent but
0: um, what else do we got well what do you think gold uh what do you think yara
2: um old yara is yara, yara. crazy <laughs> now i sound like a that, now that sounds like a rapper name i could be young yara yeah, yeah. young yara we did not Y-U-N-G. so we didn't have that dog in us we had that cock in us for like a good half of the game okay. and i don't I did, uh, you guys are being really nice towards Carson Beck, and I can appreciate that, like, very balanced and nuanced perspective. I don't—apparently, it apparently, you know, he ate breakfast on Saturday morning, um, according to my friend. And I think if—so if he eats breakfast and he performs like shit, maybe we just need to, like, prevent breakfast from happening for him again. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I see. Like, that— Yeah. Yes, that that might be the mood. Um, I really is for hope, winners. Yeah. I really hope Marius Mims is okay. That looks pretty serious. And, like, injuries of that kind, especially with ankle, to a bigger guy's can be, like, detrimental. Like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, Nathan. So I just hope he's okay. I really want to know. I would kill to be a fly on the wall in the locker room for that halftime speech. Like, I was having my mentee be in the bathroom. But, God, if <laughs> I could go to that locker room and just hear what Kirby said. Because I feel like he, like – Tore them a new one. This one's a really creative descriptor I'm putting right now, but tore them a new one. Um, I think people... Okay. So, I don't know if y'all know this, but this is a very Gen Z thing. Like, whenever I have a wild night out, like I did last night, it's customary to, you know, regroup with everybody that you went out with or that you didn't go out with and get coffee Uh the next day and, like, debrief what happened, right? Just make sure... Like, alleviate any Sunday scaries or or anxiety that you might have and i think peepaw motherfucking bobo needs to go and have a little coffee have a little chat with todd monken like (laughs) i do the day after i do something like the day after i party a little too hard so we can learn how to be a better coordinator because what the fuck was that what the fuck happened oh my god why is our redstone success rate that shitty what did we do I think our O-line needs to work together and be more, like, communicative, as you we were saying as well. And I'm glad that we got our shit together, like, sparingly. But it took way too long, in my opinion. I don't know if—and this is my last thing. I don't know if this is a hot take. I think we need to give Peyton Woodring a chance. I feel like he, he can cook. He has cooking potential, okay? But he's new, and it was rainy. Not to give him excuses, but, like, he's new. It was rainy and it's it's okay it's okay to make mistakes we don't gotta shit on him i believe in him i feel like he can cut that's my take
0: i so i have a couple of <laughs> more notes but i do want to ask a question and this has to do okay. specifically with your history yara not with the fact that you are the female member of this podcast is that because okay. you think peyton woodrig is hot
2: no, okay. I don't even know what he looks like okay. to be honest, but I can look him up.
0: He kind of looks like a cutie pie, I I gotta tell you.
2: Um, eh,
0: He looks like a cinnamon but, well, roll. It's
2: not well. He he seems really sweet. Um, yeah, that's he seems sweet, but he's not my type. My mm. type is like cowboy Anakin Skywalker, who looks like he would emotionally <laughs> and physically harm me. That is bad, but. See,
0: You're kind of into the, like, line cook look. Like someone who would be an extra on the bear.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> I feel that. So if you're looking to be with Yara, just grow out a ratty goatee and start smoking menthols now. I will say that... Oh, God. Stick and pokes. Yeah, get get some stick and pokes going. Maybe, like... <laughs> uh, hey, uh, can I ask you something? Are you familiar with the band Chase Atlantic? Yes, because that seems. Like I maybe, love Chase Atlantic. Yeah, I, that kind of seems like your aesthetic. I always call my wife. Really likes Chase Atlantic, and I call them her hood rats. Like that's her hood rat music, and I feel like maybe that's oh no oh yeah that's the vibe that you're going for. Anyway, I
2: think so. Yeah, like that. But like. none of
0: these guys have a four. No day. way. Yeah, no way. Those <laughs> oh, dudes. Those not. dudes have all done whippets. Like no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so my only other g- all these guys know what it's like to try and offer
1: $20 to your coworkers to please take my shift I have something this yes
0: weekend. yes those dudes have all every member of that band has had sex with someone who was like front of house staff I would say most mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. of the members of Chase Atlantic have had sex with a hostess in a supply closet like I think you could say that for sure yeah. A super majority of Chase Atlantic, yeah, a, a plurality, if you will, which is two yeah. of them, two of the three. <laughs> so, my last thing, my only last thing, this is a positive note. I always want to go out on a positive note. Mike Bobo, I thought he was too conservative in the first half. I thought that once we got things going in the second half, things looked really good. Uh, but you know, I thought it was a thing of beauty when everybody in the world knew we were going to run the ball and we ran the ball like six times and then scored it with cash jones that is the biggest big dicking that you could do is to run the ball six times when everybody knows you're going to run and then score with your white walk-on quarterback i, I also think our running back i also think and Yar and i actually i think talked about this during the game maybe it is to Georgia's credit that they are, and I don't think they get enough credit for this as a a program, but I think we can officially say that Georgia is a development program. If you look at the contributions of people who have been walk-ons, Stetson Bennett, Dan Jackson, Makai Muse, Cash Jones, these are all dudes who did not come on scholarship who are playing meaningful roles on these teams and who played meaningful roles on teams that won national titles. We do not get enough credit as a development program, but we are, damn it. Second thing, defensively, We got toasted on crossing routes and like little drag routes all night. I think I have here a note that I'm pretty sure let's see, they were, let me pull my notes up. They were nine of 12 for, I believe something like 123 yards across the middle of the formation. I think that we got guys lost in coverage on crossing routes and also on little out routes. They did this thing a couple of times and I don't know what it's called, but it's like a double move where you act like you're cutting in, you're, you're cutting in for an in route and then you cut out towards the sideline for an out route. And we, we, we fell for that so many times. Uh, and I also thought that mm-hmm. they ran mesh and I think like mesh adjacent concepts where they had two crossing routes coming at each other to like sort of lose the trailing DB. So on the one hand that sucks, but on the other hand, it is to UGA's defensive staff's credit that even after saying all of that, South Carolina only had 42% of their available yards. So available yards is a good statistic. It it basically charts what is the total number of yards that you could have gained based on where you gain control of the ball of an offense. So like if you gain control at the, at the 20, you can gain 80 yards on that drive. So available yards percentage is what is the percentage of available yards that you can gain UGA gained 73% of their available yards, which I think speaks to their, their third down woes that we had 39% success rate on third down and also their, uh, red zone woes, but. South Carolina only gained 42% of their available yards. At the end of the day, ultimately there were some things that we can do better and we had some coverage breakdowns defensively, but we did a really good job of adjusting and we did a really, really good job of even keeping them away from the red zone, especially in the second half. You know, Carolina ended up with 7.8 points, negative 7.8 points of, of, uh, turnover luck. I think that you probably don't want to necessarily give them credit on the second one. Um, that was a really bad throw. That was functionally an arm punt, the Dan Jackson, who had one of one of the funnest interceptions you'll ever see because that dude, Dan Jackson, like woke up in the morning and saw that interception. Like he was in the middle of the field 20 <laughs> yards away from where he would catch the ball. He saw it happening. He was like, This is my moment to shine. This is my my beautiful white boy moment. Dan. Dan Jackson. damn Jackson. I saw online uh, a little if you look up UGA's official TikTok account, they published a like close-up view of dan jackson running off of the field after his interception and celebrating and it's clear that he does not know what to do (laughs) he's like i never thought i know he's played a lot i guess he just didn't have a plan for his savage pads celebration because he just was like Mm -hmm. he just like points at the crowd and then he puts his hand down and the guys are still around him like yeah 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 and he's like ah, that was all i had my only move is point at the crowd I, have, I only have one dance move. <laughs> this is what I have. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm Dan Jackson. I have a goatee. Help me. It's, it's well worth looking Dan, that up.
1: In my mind, Dan Jackson's just a Pokemon that just says Dan Jackson. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson. I, Dan Jackson, I mean, look. Dan, Dan Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson had a much better day than David Daniel Sisiva, And I think... It is to his credit that he is a short white guy that played meaningful snaps on two national title teams. You know, like I mean he is he is probably mm-hmm. better than we give him credit for because of the way he looks and the fact that he's a walk on. Any other notes on the game?
1: Um, you know, there will be others. There'll be more mm-hmm. games and that's okay. I I hope that Spencer Rattler goes on past this game to have just he deserves counter. better i hope the the best yes. for him he deserves better um spencer rattler is a good quarterback and it is a shame that he doesn't have a better o-line to protect him and because that dude can yeah ball. um yeah. and there were definitely near the end of the game like i was having those moments that i've had many times before where i thought the game's not over until the clock you know strikes zero because they got spencer rattler back there and they have unleashed the boy mm-hmm. They've just said, Spencer, go go make something happen. <laughs> so he is going to make something happen against teams all year. And I hope the best.
0: So time. let me ask you both this question. I would like to hear a response from both of you. Coming into this year, I think the expectation was no doubt. We need to go to the SEC championship for this to be a successful season. We should go 11-1 and in the regular season. We should challenge for a CFP spot. After mm-hmm. three games which is a, what, a, a quarter of the way into the season now? What are mm-hmm. we thinking? How have our expectations for the rest of the year changed? Have they remained the same? What? Where are we at now? I just want to heat check you.
1: Yara, what you got?
2: I still believe that we're going to go to the SEC championship. And I still believe that at the end of the like. Despite me having a fat mentee be in the bathroom during halftime, I still believe that we're a good team, and mm-hmm. I think that we got chewed out in the first half. Like that's a fact. We got our asses handed to us, but the fact that we were able to recover and not only recover because that implies that like we barely got out of there, but like we we dominated in the second half. Like we didn't let mm-hmm. them get any points. I think that shows that there is potential. And I still I still stand by everything that I said. I still think that we can go for the SEC championship. We can challenge for a college football playoff like spot. Um, we just need to learn from our mistakes. We need to hit the film. We need to hit our workouts more efficiently. And we can't get complacent. And I was talking about this with some of my friends after the game. I think that we don't have that same kind then this is like a hot take. so if I'm wrong, like please tell me. I don't <laughs> think we have that same drive in us that we did in 2021 and in 2022 because when back then like we were we were playing like we were fighting, we were playing like we had something to prove and it showed and now we're a little bit like, in my opinion, laid back. And we're just kind of sitting. Oh, we're the shit. Oh, we're back to back national champions. But we can't get complacent. And I think a lot of that lies on. I don't know where that thought was going. And this is kind of. Well, yes, I do. This is a hot take. A lot of it is in the freshmen, right? They come in and they think that they're the shit because they play for the back to back defending champions. And they're like, oh, we are back to back defending champions. But in my opinion, they're not. They didn't win, they didn't win the national championship. They, and we don't need to be acting like like we have, you know? We need to get our heads down and work. That was a really long ramble. I'm sorry.
1: That was good. Like, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that this year more than last year even, um, and this will continue as, you know, we continue doing what we do uh, as time goes on, but I think this year more than last year is about, how well does this team reload? Like, it's not about... I think you're completely right, Yara, That in 2021, and to an extent last year as well, we felt we... It seemed like the team had something to prove, and it doesn't seem like that is the driving force any longer in this narrative. I feel like the the driving force in this narrative now is, who, who are we? You know, they're trying to continue showing the world that they are as good as they are, and um, hopefully that does not detract from you know, the the drive that is necessary to continue winning games. I do expect that this team will still most likely go to the SEC championship. Um, But I'm also watching all these other teams this year. And every it seems like every conference that isn't the SEC is fighting the way that Georgia fought in 2021 right now. Like we have a lot going on outside of the SEC. And it is just it's pretty wild to watch that I I had a stray thought over the weekend that I don't think the winner of this year's National Championship is going to be from the SEC. It is entirely too early for me to think that and to feel that way, but it is just a stray thought that I had and I need to get it out into the world so I can let it go as well. (laughs) Um, I still think that this team has every bit of, uh, you know, the season ahead of them. And you know, once everyone's healthy, which needs to happen as soon as possible i think that this team will still be able to you know fight with just about anybody in the league and it'll be just fine what about you nathan
0: yeah i think you still are the odds-on favorite to represent the east in the sec championship that probably has more to do with the fact that you have a pretty soft schedule and then all of a sudden that tennessee probably your biggest rival for the sec east looks gettable and that florida is still i think probably a year or two away from being a serious threat i think that Mm -hmm. you know i seriously think about that game gets old miss a lot more you know i think that's that's a definitely a a lot more losable game than i thought it was at the beginning of the season as for the cfp i agree with you if you're taking the sec versus the field at this point i think you got to take the field but you know Mm -hmm. i think if you have a team that is not 2021 Georgia, that just is like, this is clearly the best team. Or, I mean, honestly, 2022 Georgia was at least by a relatively big margin, the best team. I mm-hmm. you, All you can do is to say, let's just get to the dance. You know what I mean? Like, if you can get one yeah. of the top four seeds, then it's just like any given Saturday. And you got to like, if not love UGA's chances, then just with the infrastructure and awareness of how the playoffs work and also depth of talent that UGA has, you got to like their chances. I think as long as Mm -hmm. you can get to the sec and get out of the sec east or east and the sec championship with a chance at one of those playoff spots, that's a success. If you don't have clear in a way, the best team, everything else is just gravy. And I think that's still sort of where I am. So yeah, we good. I think we're good all right this was a game game. this is a real game i think it's appropriate uh, that it was like wet and muggy and shitty because like every south carolina game is that way it has yeah they brought they brought it with them they They brought it to athens and we appreciate it shitty weather will travel (laughs) anyway this has been chapel bell curve if you liked what you heard here today you can support us by rating and reviewing this episode on apple podcast or spotify or wherever fine podcasts are sold for free if you would like to support us monetarily with more than just your good vibes which we very much do appreciate you can join us on discord via our patreon patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve one dollar a month will get you access to our excellent discord three dollars a month gets you access to our patron only raw audio feed where you get to hear everything that's on the live show, not just the stuff that we've edited down. $5 and up gets you access to our notes pages. And if you just really to quote Yara fucks with us like that $50 a month, will get you your own segment on the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at chapel bell curve, wherever social media exists to destroy Western civilization we will catch you this weekend against the blazers <laughs> of UAB and maybe the second most problematic coach that we'll play this year but until then oof go dogs go, go dogs, dogs.